Hello guys and welcome to episode one of The Haunted with me, Freddie Young and me, Vanessa Mitchell and today we are going to be covering quite a famous location in the UK, yeah. um, Hampton Court Palace. I think it's probably one of the most famous historical places um, certainly England has. Well it's really well documented as well, it's kind of Tudor history which is what we all learn about at school, um, yeah. Henry VIII, the Six Wives and stuff, it's something that we as children are really... I, th I think we've all got a basic understanding, all of us, even you know those of us who aren't particularly into history, we all know about King Henry, his wives and obviously a lot of that, so much of that um, was focused around Hampton Court Palace. Yeah, so kind of, I'll talk about it a bit more in depth as we go on, Yeah. but it kind of transpires that Hampton Court Palace is one of Henry VIII's favoured places of residence. So a lot of kind of the big dramatic stories that we know from that time period are all centred around that location. So Yeah, but also all of his wives live there at some point or another. Um, so that's quite an interesting fact. It wasn't that just it was Henry's place. Um, all of the six wives would have been in there at some point. And obviously, as we know, um, that didn't end well for a lot of those, so... To <laughs> no. say the least. <laughs> off, off with her head. Um, I think, off the bat, Hampton Court Palace, my initial kind of thoughts and of what I know of it already... Um, is everyone knows that really, really famous image of the kind of hooded figure opening the fire exit doors. Yeah. It was a real, real big story at the time. All the newspapers and kind of the news outlets covered it. I, th I think the interesting uh, thing about that picture, like you say we've all seen, is that when you go a bit deep into that story, those doors had, ha had opened like that at the same time three nights on the spin. It was only the third night they caught the, the ghostly yeah. hooded figure. Um, so that was obviously something that two nights um, was taking place and on the third night, you know, I know we all see just that one picture, but actually the fact is... There's that a bit more two, to yeah, that story. Yeah, it happened two nights before. Oh, but I think, I think apart from that, there isn't really any other ghost stories that kind of spring to mind when I think of Hampton Court Palace. It's not, it's not like that's your definitely the main one. It's not like your Bawley Rectory or anything like that. It's 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 still a really famous location, but it's famous for more than just its kind of paranormal history. Well, the reason that one springs to mind automatically is because it's so well documented. Because of course they had the photograph that was caught on CCTV. Uh -huh. So I think that's why for all of us we remember that. And of course we're going to discuss the other stories. Behind, behind Hampton Court Palace. But that one certainly is in everyone's memory because, of course, it was so well documented at the time. It is. And um, I think I was quite surprised, actually, when I was doing the research for this episode um, about some of the stories and kind of looking into a little bit more of the history as well. Because although we, like we've said, we, we're aware of the history and we know that there's a really rich history, it's not until you really look into it that you kind of realise the kind of magnitude of what happened in that, I say in the house, it's a great big palace, but you know, yeah. a lot of kind of England's most important moments have happened there. I mean, when you, when, when we talk about um, residual energy and stone tape theory, which we will go on to discuss, but as if um, time replays itself, when you think about the wives, 
um, Jane Seymour, I think Jane Howard as well. Uh, uh, Catherine Howard, Jane, Jane Howard, I think. Um, Catherine Howard. Catherine Howard, sorry. Jane Seymour. Um, you know, they, they, they spent their last minutes and hours there. You know, it's... And I wonder as well, because they... Hampton Court Palace is quite well known for its kind of reenactments. So they... Everyone's in traditional costume and they'll go to the areas that these yeah. things are, and they'll reenact. Replay it, yeah. And I wonder if that plays a part in 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 the activeness of the haunting. Yeah, I should imagine it, it would because let's say for example, let's just say right now, for for argument's sake, that that, that King Henry or, or some of the wives are there. If they see that replaying um, which obviously, if we, if we agree now, if we say, let's just say, for example, they were there, they see that replay, of course, it is going to trigger some, some sort of activity because they're in their clothes, they're replaying what happened to them. And of course, it makes sense. It definitely would have, um, you know, triggered, uh, you know, more activity from them. Well, with that and with our first impressions, let's get into it. So I'm going to start off and give you a whistle-stop tour on the history of Hampton Court Palace. Yeah. So, um, Hampton Court Palace is a royal palace in the London borough of Richmond-upon-Thames, which is not too far from central London. Yeah. Um, it was originally built by Cardinal Thomas Wolseley, who, who was... of course, is very famous throughout history himself. Yeah, he's a very... He's a, he's a big, important figure. He's a big figure. Nut, yeah. Um, but it was originally built by him, uh, and it took quite a few years, I think about 15 years, maybe... Um, for it to be built and completed. Uh, in that time, uh, the Cardinal has fell from favour from King Henry, who's got quite the temper on him. Of course. And so in a bid to kind of claw back his status and um, standing with the King, gifted him this great big grand and magnificent palace. So like I said before, it it transpired that it turned out to be Henry's most favoured residence so it's where he'd want to spend his time it's where he'd want to be well of course and it's a stunning building and the grounds are stunning so yeah. I've never been have you been yes yeah I've never been it looks lovely it I've seen yeah. lots and lots of pictures um very regal yeah. so obviously like you've mentioned as well before all of six Henry all of Henry's six wives would have lived there at some point yeah three of them either died or were imprisoned there yeah which is you know is quite a lot um so we are looking today mainly at Catherine howard so that's his fifth wife that's the one we're going to really really dig down deep into so we're gonna we've had uh, charlotte Sullivan, um who's your sister and historian yeah she's our, our resident historian on this podcast um she's done the research um for us today uh, into Catherine Howard. She will be talking on future podcasts, but today it's just us. But for the future podcast, she will be um, basically giving her knowledge herself, won't she? She will, yeah. And I think that's a, that's a bit my fault. Because this is the first episode and we're completely new to this, technical issues. But nonetheless, we're still bringing you um, research from her. So, let's start. So, Catherine. Yeah. If, if you just... Yeah. She was born in... So, actually, before I start this, yeah. from her research, it was really interesting. I didn't realise how intertwined 
all the wives were. So once I tell you, you'll realise. Right, okay. So I'll start. So yeah. Catherine was born in 1523 to the daughter... No, not to the daughter. She was the daughter of Lord Edmund Howard and... Jocosta. Jocosta Culpepper. And I've heard the name Culpepper. That's actually quite, yeah, relevant in English history, Culp, the, the name Culpepper, yeah. So Edmund um, was the older brother of Elizabeth Howard... And that is Anne Boleyn's mother. Mum. Yeah. So that's quite interesting. I yeah. Um, so that made Catherine and Anne first cousins. Yeah. Uh, both of them were nieces to their parents' older brother, who was the third Duke of Norfolk, Thomas Howard. Catherine was also related to Henry's sixth wife, Jane Seymour, as their grandmothers were sisters. Oh, it's interesting, isn't it? It is interesting. He likes to keep it in the family. So Catherine came from a very, very large family, being her mother's tenth child and her father's fifth. Yeah. Well, that's unusual for the time as well, for them to have had children with other people, not each other. Yeah, out of of wedlock. wedlock. But then Henry brought that about, didn't he? Divorcing. Yeah, he, he kind of changed the, he changed the rules where all of that is concerned. Yeah. So despite the family status, her father was not a wealthy man and he was one of 21 children. Jesus, 21? <laughs> she was busy. Um, and obviously in them, t- in them times, the eldest son inherited everything from the, his father's estate. Of course, estate. yeah. That was so the, way, the, yeah. So the big, big brother had everything. Yeah. So by the time Catherine was five, her mother had died and Catherine was sent to live with her father's stepmother, who is the Dowager Duchess of Norfolk. Right. Her yeah. name was Agnes Tilney. Yeah. Tilney? Yeah. She was the second wife of Thomas Howard, the second Duke of Norfolk. If... Can you keep up with that? Yeah, you're, you're... and and she was she was actually Catherine's um, parental grandfather. Yes, so Agnes had two large households. So she had Chesworth House in Sussex in and, and Norfolk House in Lambeth. Right. Yeah. Agnes spent much of her time in court and seemed to provide little supervision, which became a key element in what became Catherine's later downfall. Okay. Because she was a little bit of a hussy, by all accounts. Well. Well, a bit harsh, but... A bit harsh, but, <laughs> yeah. but factual. So, um, while living in Horsham in 1536, the teenage Catherine received music lessons from Henry Mannox. Okay. His age at the time is not known, but most agree he's likely to be in his mid-twenties to mid-thirties. Okay. So, an older, older gentleman... And in those times, would have been classes older, because, of course, they didn't live the extent of life that we do now, oh. so... To be fair, yeah, so he's... he's Normally in their 40s to 50s. Well, I was going to say, he's a bit more middle-aged then, isn't he? Yeah, he would have been in those days, yeah. And just because he was kind of teaching music and stuff, he was quite low in status uh, and was not an appropriate match for Catherine. Um, Later in life, Catherine admitted she had allowed Mannix to touch the secret parts of her body. Oh, Lord have mercy. But under his persuasions, and she'd been too young to resist... Or know any better. Yeah, so that's something that um, is quite delicate, we say, because, you know, if that that was the case, obviously he'd obviously taken advantage of his position and her being a young girl. So if she's born in 1923, a little bit, she'd have been 15 at the time. Yeah, that's right, yeah, no, that's way too young. Yeah, no, that's wrong, yeah, yeah. 
So by spring 1538, Catherine stopped all contact with, uh, with Mannix. And by now, the 15-year-old Catherine had caught the eye of Francis Deerham. And he was a secretary working for her guardian, the Duchess. Okay. So still a member of staff. Yeah. But then they weren't... It's not like they were allowed out. So they would have only been confined to there. They wouldn't have found people of, you know, mutual, you know, interest. Again, like that they weren't... People like that weren't ele allowed out in those days, were they, necessarily? Well, yeah. So a lot of things would have been kept within the household and the land. Well, she was very fond of Francis Deerham. Yeah. And they were known to refer to each other as husband and wife. Oh, okay. So, there you go. So, um, Catherine denied having a sexual relationship with him. And yeah. their relationship come to an end when a jealous Mannix, so he was the music teacher. Right. He wrote to the Duchess advising that she visited her female charges bedroom half an hour after retiring saying she would see which shall would see which shall displease you now i don't know what that means okay the relationship came to an end when a jealous mannix wrote to the duchess advising she visited her fame her female charges bedroom half an hour after a client saying would see which displease you now, it's a shame we haven't got Charlotte here. Because she, she would be able to answer these to... questions and understand this. Now, okay. I'll, I'll tell so you what we'll do. We'll add, we'll add that right at the end. We'll get the info and we'll let you know. Okay. So, later the next year, her uncle, Thomas Howard, the third Duke of Norfolk, secured her a place as a lady-in-waiting to Anne of Cleves, which is Henry's fourth, fourth wife. wife. This is where she caught the king's interest. So this is where their kind of... King Henry VIII yeah. saw her, yeah. Okay, spot the annulment her. of the marriage of Henry and Anne was finalised on the 9th of July, 1940. So this is kind of a, not even a year after she'd become um Well, I think lady. the story with Anna Cleves was um, a portrait was sent to Henry and um, the portrait artist made her look... Um, uh, pleasant to the eye and of oh course God, when of she course. turned up she was an ugly madam well we don't say ugly but we'll say she was she wasn't as pleasing to the eye and of course <laughs> henry being the arrogant chauvinist he was didn't want her off the back of that so that obviously that was quite a quick one for him because it was it was an old so that was the original catfish <laughs> yeah the ancient version of catfish <laughs> the, yeah. the ancient version of catfish in anna cleaves I wonder what happened to the artist. He probably got he probably executed, got he said, yeah, executed yeah. for lying to him. Or something, yeah. Anyway, so um, well, so the him and Anna Cleves, the annulment come the 9th of July, nineteen forty, and him and Catherine were married three weeks later, on the twenty eighth of July, nineteen forty, at Oatlands Palace in Surrey. Now, three weeks. I know love can be a whirlwind. But that reads to me that there might have been a little something, something. Well, there going definitely on. would have been because yeah. obviously he was a king, and if he'd have said to her that um, you know he was interested in her company, she would have one. She'd have had no choice, and two. Well, who wouldn't? Be? Your social standing to think to become queen of England. Absolutely, and all of her family. To be honest, you know whether she liked him or not, that was her position. That women obviously had no say in those days. And um, she would it would have been her position whether she wanted to or not. So, of course, there, there definitely would have been a backstory. He would have been seeing her yeah. um, during yeah. this process. Well, at this time, he was 49 years old. So quite old, I suppose, in them... Well, quite old then, but not old now. Not yeah. old now, but old, old then. then. But she was still a teenager 
and only 17 years old. Yeah. So, understandably, Henry was quite besotted with his young new wife and carried out expensive renovations at the Palace of Whitehall. While Catherine was noted to be wearing new French fashions and jewels almost daily, so she kind of got a little taste of the life, didn't she? Yeah, well, he would have lavished Lavished, everything on her and been proud of her, of course. Now, Culpepper comes back into it. Right, yeah, Culpepper. Catherine first met Thomas Culpepper while serving as Anne's lady-in-waiting as he was the favourite courtier of Henry's. Have yeah. I said that right? Courtier. Yeah. Courtier. Courtier. Is it not courtier? Is it not French? No, I think... Oh, it, well, I'm making it up. I don't... <laughs> I'm making it up as a girl. Charlotte's not here, we can't... We can't... Uh, we we can. don't know the right... Um... But she will be. But anyway, yeah. I digress. By 1541, it is believed that Catherine and Thomas were spending a lot of time together, including alone and at night. Okay. That would have been frowned upon. Very much so. Yeah. One of Catherine's lady-in-waiting was Lady Rochford, who was the widow of George Boleyn, who must be something to do with Anne. I must remind them. George. George had been the brother of Anne Boleyn. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Who had been executed in 1536 for his role of incest allegations at her trial. Lady Rochford was later accused of facilitating the meetings between Catherine and Thomas and was beheaded for her part in the deception. Well, you know, uh, don't break habit, Henry. Well, there you go. So anyway, by now, Francis Dearer had been offered a role as secretary at Hampton Court on the support of the Dowager Duchess, which would have been um, Anne's grandmother. With some believing that this appointment was given as a bribe to keep his silence about his relationship with the now Queen Catherine. In August 1541, Francis asked Catherine for a new post and was made her private secretary and gentleman's usher. Okay. Feeling secure in position and royal favour, and possibly to incite jealousy in Thomas Culpepper, he told people that he was the Queen's favourite, and once the King was dead, he would be marrying her. Well, uh, knowing Henry's reputation, I wouldn't be throwing throwing around things like that. Yeah, we'll be making that known to everyone. More for you, more for you. Anyway, (laughs) news of this reached Thomas Cramner, again, very big historical figure. He was the Archbishop of Canterbury. Yeah, very powerful man. He was close to Henry as an advisor. Culpepper was arrested, and a letter from the Queen was found in his apartments. Hmm. While the letter does not mention any intimate contact, she stated she longed to talk to him and signed it, yours as long as life endures. Yeah, that's, um, in those days, I would imagine that is um, that's risque, a risque thing yes. to write. Yeah. Catherine's household, however, gave evidence against her in an attempt to spare themselves from the king's punishment. Of course, Of course, yeah, they would, yeah. yeah. You do what you've got to do. Yeah. During the interrogations of Deerham, he admitted to a past sexual relationship with Catherine, but denied any contact with her since her marriage to the king, claiming she only had eyes for Culpepper and was no longer interested in him. So Catherine's playing off quite a few men here amongst each other. So we've got... Yeah, well, you say that. She was a kid. She was a young girl. I think a lot of men are playing off Catherine. I'll say the opposite. I think... She was a young woman in a world she didn't understand, she had no control of, a world that was ruled by men, and I think, if anything, they were, were, were and coming And ultimately, to what we have to remember is, history in then times was written by men, so of course she'd have been written unfavourably. 
Yeah, so what, so what we know what we yeah. know of her now is listen. She 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 was just literally. If it had been in these days, she still would have been at school. So of course she let, would. Let's be yeah. honest. She was in so the let's not give Catherine a hard time. No, yeah, you, no. you are right. You yeah. are right. Um, on the first of November, special services were held all over England because it was All Saints Day to give thanks for the good life he led and trusted to lead with his new wife, and it quoted as the the jewel of womanhood. The following day, All Souls Day, the King was praying at the Chapel Royal at Hampton Court when he received the news of Catherine's alleged infidelity. Left by Cramner, a sealed letter to the King in his pew. The letter claimed Francis Deerham hath lied in her bed in his doublet and hose between the sheets a hundred nights and that Mannox knew a privy mark of her body. Do you know what? <coughs> Excuse me. This is what annoys me. When, when when you go go back and read things like this, she was a kid. Obviously, there was all the power play here. It was politician. Everyone wanted it, you know, and she was probably to to, to be completely honest, stitched up at every point here. Oh, of course she would have been. She she was just a girl. She was a young girl who easy didn't target. Have, yeah, she she was, and for you know hundred no listen there was never a hundred nights because of course would have wouldn't have been time no. God. <laughs> With Henry's visits. Jesus, there wouldn't have been any time. To be honest, uh, when you're reading this like this, it's actually quite sad. It's quite sad she was put in such a horrible position where she was a young girl and she never had a And ultimately, her face probably didn't fit. So he, you go, you've got Henry's advisors thinking, right, well, that don't suit me. So I'll do what I can to, yeah. to off. It, so, if to all suit it took my... was a letter, well, listen, uh, you know, people in those days... Because girls. all of them had an agenda. They all wanted to be the next best thing. They all wanted to keep their social standing, their foot in, get the money And, and if we're going to be honest, more the men had the agenda than the women, because the oh. men had the power. Well, well the, the women ain't got... They can't do anything. They had no, yeah, they had They've nothing, got no yeah. say, so... So it's actually reading more as a, oh, well, a, a, well, a sad story Well, this her, is but... this is interesting. At first, Henry disbelieved what the letter told him, yeah. claiming the allegations rather a forged matter than of truth. Of course, because if he had a brain in his head, he would know that that, that, they're that all wouldn't to... be the case. Yeah. But agreed it should be investigated secretly to protect the Queen from any scandal. Yeah. Now, that surprises me with Henry. He, he didn't mind a scandal, did he? But he obviously <laughs> quite liked her in, in the initial thing to keep it all hush-hush and... Well, because or I is mean, that out of embarrassment for him? Do you no, think? I think common sense. He was forty-nine, she was seventeen. Well, you know, well, he's had he's had how many wives before? Yeah, exactly. He ain't a silly man. I I think with him it possibly would have been a case of um, embarrassment kicked in because you know obviously initially he's um, said okay, let's keep it. Actually. He obviously hasn't believed it, but you know he's an arrogant man. He he's 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 the, the king of England, and when he's getting um, you know. You know, attack from the side by by these people. He's obviously his pride is going to kick in at some point, and obviously it has. Yeah. So questioning was carried out on the fifth of November of Mannix and Deerham, and by midnight Henry had his evidence. The next morning, without seeing his wife, he went hunting, and that evening left Hampton Court, leaving behind Catherine, who was still none the wiser. The eighteen-year-old Catherine was questioned at Hampton Court on the seventh of November, fifteen forty-one. Shortly after, the whole court left Hampton Court Palace and left Catherine and her staff behind. The question centred on if Catherine was already bound to Deerham before her marriage to Henry, and if so, the marriage could be annulled and Catherine exiled. However, Catherine refused to choose this defence and always maintained any sexual relationship with Deerham was not consensual and Henry did not seem to want this as an option either. 
Catherine told all and begged for Henry's mercy and he agreed to move her to Sion Abbey in Middlesex. So on the 14th of November, allowing Henry and his court to move back to Hampton Court Palace because he likes it. Yeah. Culpepper was also sent to the Tower and all his goods removed. Catherine remained at Sion House until the passing of a new law on the 7th of February 19, 1942. 1542. This stated it was a crime punishable by death to fail to disclose to the king within 20 days of marriage her sexual history or incite anyone to commit adultery with her. That's a very specific law. Yeah. Designed just for her. Goodness. <laughs> well, anyway. Um, we're going to go back in time a little bit. So on the 1st of December, 1541, Culpepper and were convicted of high treason and censored, 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 sentenced... Sentenced to be hung, drawn and quartered. Hung, drawn and quartered. Poor Gibbs. Both men positioned the king to have their sentence reduced uh, to beheading. Well, Because, yeah, of course, that was a better option. Yeah. Um, but it was refused. So they were hung, castrated, disemboweled, beheaded, and then quartered. Oh, so they got so they got their beheaded in, but not before. Yeah. Right. Both of their heads were displayed on London Bridge for at least the next five years. What? So that was how much of a grievous crime this was. Five years. Well, because I knew the they, they put the heads on the spikes and that as a yeah. warning, but five years. Well, there would have been skulls within years. So, yeah, obviously it was it was a very important serious well, thing. Let's cut to chase and let's get to um, so, the actual so, final so, demise. Well, let's just go. So, unfortunately, poor Catherine, uh, because the new law passed, there didn't have to be a trial. It was, that was the king's, king's doing. Um, on the 10th of February, she was taken screaming and manhandled to the tower by boat passing under London Bridge under, under London Bridge where she'd have seen the rotting heads of Deerham and Culpepper. You imagine that an eighteen year old girl kicking and screaming knowing no what's going say on in in this life or this world and everything was out of her control. You know, it's it's horrific at best. Um she was beheaded at the Tower of London on the morning of the thirteenth of February after spending the evening practising how to place her head on the block. Oh, how awful. Because everyone, would, of course, would have gone to watch. It was a big public spectacle. Yeah, it's just... <sighs> but she was buried in the tower ground, grounds near Anne, her cousin, so Anne Boleyn, his second wife. So she was... I just think, she, she you know, she went to her death with so much grace, practising how to lay her head right, and not, you know, she could have... Of course, at the final thing, started screaming and shouting, you know, and, and she didn't. She went with grace and dignity, and you just think she was a kid. She she was eighteen, and it's horrifying now when we really recount these and actually think and talk about the his, history in those days. Barbaric, to say the least. Yeah, beyond. So, the ghost story that leads on to this, um, and from my research, apart from that really famous one-off image. This is the 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 go-to famous ghost story from Hampton Court Palace. Yeah, it's so, her. So, yeah, it's her. So they've got it's even or who they believe is believe it. So they've got something called the Haunted Gallery, which is a long, long corridor, and that's yeah. kind of like the the go-to haunted place in in the palace. But the story goes that um, Catherine broke free while she was being held captive at Hampton Court and ran down. 
the she, yeah she tried to beg beg for and, his and, mercy and, she tried and to beg, have an audience with yeah, him beg for his mercy beg for his forgiveness and um, while he was in um the private chapel which is at the end of the yeah um the cor it's a corridor yeah essentially they call it a gallery um protesting screaming all carrying she just, all she carrying just wanted on. i think she was pleading please you know please you please know, don't listen, do just, this just, yeah exactly but now charlotte told me this when i asked her to do the research i got i gave her the story i said look i want as much as we can look into from from um catherine howard and she said that there is zilch zero historic evidence ever to suggest that that would have happened oh okay now, so it's on it's for us on tv and series and movies it's it's the myth it's the legend it's it, and it's not where, to say it didn't yeah but there is zero zero historical evidence to ever because, say because that, let's be honest how could she have broken free from all the guards exactly it I, I think it possible. makes for a fantastic story i've seen it myself when you see her running down pleading trying but of course how could she have broken out of the room how she could break free from the guards to get to the king it would it would have been impossible so a lot of poetic license of course goes with our history and obviously oh of that course and, section is and i think hampton court palace has been a famous haunted location for years and years and years i think even one of like one of the first victorian postcards depicting a spirit is of um catherine howard as a spectre hanging on the door well, they say it could have been jane Se seymour we don't know do we because we, the we don't know because the, look, the thing about this is friend let's be honest when there is ghost stories we don't know if it was jane seymour if it's cathy we, we don't know that it might not have been any of them it might have been a it could, yeah. washerwoman yeah you don't know we don't know we assume it's catherine howard because she was in part one of the most famous stories connected to the or, or most famous deaths connected to it and I think but it could have been... the, the nature of the haunting fits nicely with the story and the backstory. So and, and our movies, yeah. Yeah. So, what is often seen, heard, and experienced in the haunted gallery um, is kind of spectral screams, people feeling uneasy, um, rushing footsteps, or someone running along the corridor. Um, they often see a lady, a female lady, dressed in white, running down the um, the gallery towards the royal pew, which is where Henry would have had um, his private like mass almost. <coughs> um, and everyone that has seen her has all commented on the look of despair, um, and they said like the shrieks and stuff are unearthly, and. You know, it's it's very clear that that spirit is in a state of distress. Yes. Something terrible has happened. What we know from that is that could be res uh, res residual energy. I think which, it is. Which, it's... in other words, is called stone tape theory, where the impression of something terrible happening kind of seeps into the surroundings whether it be brick or wood or metal and it replays it is as if it replays because itself. because i think that maybe that's why we think when it's time Catherine Howard, because that is the, in that moment that is when henry found out that's when she knew right well this is that's my lot and, and that goes along with screams and cries um you know that's a reasonable explanation for that but um, I, th I think every account that i've read online every story that i've read online related to this 
it's almost the same every time. There's no kind of deviance from what oh, okay. they what so they see. Everyone is telling the same. So I think experience. I think it is just a replay because that in that that is a sheer moment of despair. And if it is Catherine Howard, I can you know, you can see and you can understand why. And we know, we know as much as we know, like factually, um, that stone tape theory, you know, does exist. And so it's in essential. It's essentially history repeating itself. That trapped in time, replaying, replaying. So they would have always seen the same thing, and they would have had uh, yeah. the, the, the same uh, slash very very similar experiences. So yes, in that in terms of that, absolutely makes sense that that could be her spirit, her her ghost, but caught time replaying. So she wasn't actively there, as in um, to 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 uh, communicate, but it's just replaying itself over, over and, and, and over and over. Because she she, over. she never interacts with no. There's never an interaction. There's never someone's been touched or there's a whisper in the ear. Yeah. Or that They're she's not moved something. They're it's, always very, very 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 similar. Very very similar. Um, interestingly, as well, um, what a lot of people suffer with is that they f they'll go in there and they'll faint, mm. and it's always women. And they'll come over very kind of all funny, well, light-headed. That, that and, would and be her energy. Her energy. That, her energy so. And it's even to the point that, um, like, the first aider on on site, I forgot, I've got his name somewhere, I can't remember his name, but he's kind of quoted saying that if they're on the radio, it comes through, go, you know, we've got someone that's fainted. He just ups and goes straight to the haunted gallery because he just knows that that's just where that's, that's where it will be because it doesn't happen anywhere else. Only in this section of corridor... Which I think is, is quite interesting as well. I think, you know, maybe it's she's the there's overcome of the emotions and stuff. There, there's definitely something to that. I think when there's consistent spaces and places where you can have people of all walks of life who report the same feelings, the same experiences, well, listen, it's happening. It's it, it it's it's obviously happening. You you can't dispute that. There's you can't dispute the people that work there say the same thing. There are visitors independent to each other that all report the same things, and it's been over a, a time a time frame. A long time. So yeah. Queen Victoria made Hampton Court Palace a, a public space when she when she was um, in power, and since that time, there have been reports all the same all in the same place and all say the same thing. And when you think back as well, Queen Victoria's time was nearer the time, obviously, of King Henry VIII. So if anything, those um, experiences would have been stronger because obviously years and years a lap, and, and I'm not saying it gets, you know, but it gets weaker over hundreds of years. So you could have imagined actually back in Victoria's days, that would have been happening more prominently or maybe more and it was the rise of spiritualism and people would have been more aware of what was happening what was going on I've, well know, of course the victorians were, were were you know huge enthusiasts that was that was the the way of life the way to be that was accepted as just you know parlor games was a ouija board in the victorian days you know that 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 was accepted and so we're going to move on from that so uh, just a quick shout out to um, our Instagram 
So it is at The Haunted Podcast Official. Uh, if you search that up on Instagram, you'll be able to see the pictures that we're about to talk about. Um, that I've uploaded them on there. So this is one of three images that you'll be able to see. So the first image that we have got here that Vanessa, I want you to look at and for you to kind of be a judge of is mm. this. Now, what do you make of that? So I'll describe it to those at home. So it's obviously an interior shot of the palace. Um, it's a kind of staircase to the left and in a balcony. And up on the balcony, there is quite clearly a female form in yeah. what I'd say a white gown. There's one hundred percent for for. There's there's a female figure there, um, absolutely. From, from you know, it, it's obvious she's there. Let's be honest. You know, I mean, she's there. That's it. That is that is yeah. quite clearly. Um, I think the kind of. Um, it's obviously not a photograph as we would take now because obviously you can't see detail in it. Um, like we would take photos now, but the story behind of that is what she looks like. Because if, if she was a human being, as we know now, there'd be a lot more detail in it. I think the story is behind this is they were taking interior shots. There was no one around, yeah. and there is one or two pictures afterwards where there's nothing there. So that has appeared in just one of a collection of images. But let's be honest: if there was somebody there, then it wouldn't have been to the media because he said oh look there's me mate or there's the maid or something the fact that it is in the media is because the person who knew there was nobody there mm -hmm. and with science you know with science these days we can literally look at photos and we we know so obviously the fact this photo has got out was the fact they knew oh my god there was nobody there because if somebody was there that day you could have seen very clearly um, a lot clearer than that. So obviously, in my mind, it's definitely a spirit of some sort. Um, it's definitely a female. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so that is image one of three of kind of images caught at Hampton Court Palace. Okay. Now, that, that they say that that is an image of Catherine Howard. Whether it is or not, I... I you know, who am I to, to I say? I don't think it's clear enough to say. I don't think it's clear enough to say. But it looks like Kevin Howard. It, throughout, through basically through, through costume. Um, but it's, it's certainly someone. It's certainly a spirit of some sort. Is it Catherine Howard's? I don't think that is enough to... I don't know, and we can't be the judge of that. No. So, it is what it is. But it's definitely something. Um, now, that brings us on nicely to Henry's third wife so that's jane seymour yeah now she's she was the one that gave him the son he always wanted yeah uh, but unfortunately died from complications yeah that was prince edward wasn't it yes, i believe yeah prince edward so she is said to wander around the cobbled courtyard of the clock court because i believe the apartment jane seymour had no longer exist in hampton court palace so I think she, the sightings of her seem to be outside because I, I think they no longer exist where Jane Seymour actually... I'm unsure if her if it doesn't exist. I know whatever is connected to her isn't in um, public view, but I'm sure I've researched that a little bit later on, so I'll, I'll, I'll give you the gist. So a, a, a very, very brief backstory on Jane, because unfortunately there's not a lot of history about her because she wasn't around for too long. She, you know, she tragically died giving birth to Henry's son. 
Um, but in the early hours of the 24th of October, 1537, um, only 12 days after the birth of Prince Edward, Jane died in her apartments. Oh, no, you are right. So the apartments don't exist. Anymore. Um, but she is seen going, gliding through the courtyards of Clock Court, which I'm assuming is a courtyard with a... Oh, because there's a big clock I, there. I think what we do know about her was um, Henry seemed to, or was portrayed to love her. And when she did die, I think he was devastated and he spent a very long time, you know, trying to get over it. I mean, I think... Um, that's obvious by history, certainly by the movies and, you know, by the series we watch. You know, he really struggled with that when she left. Not only did he, you know, she give him a son, but, you know, it's he's, how he's supposed portrayed, to have been genuinely in love with her, yeah. yeah. Um, but, yeah, she's meant to be seen on the anniversary of the birth of Edward and she's seen as going across the courtyard and ascending the stairs, leading to the silver stick gallery, dressed in a white robe and carrying a candle. I think that... The, the stairs she's supposed to go up led to the room where she'd had her son and died. Uh, Edward and died. Yeah, I think that's where his nursery was. Yeah, or that's it's, right. it's, some, it's something connected to, yeah. to Edward. No, you are right. Um, and so that's kind of a very, again, another little small snippet of another ghost story, a famous haunting of one of Henry's wives. Again, very sad, very, very tragic. Um, and that's... I, I think the problem is... With Hampton Court Palace, uh, as far as my knowledge is, investigative groups aren't allowed in there, so we can only really take off um, things that have happened accidentally to people. You know, yeah. nobody's actually gone in there to research, actively seeking. Actively seeking. It's just things which I that think, happens. if anything, gives it a little bit more mystery, provenance, provenance. Well, because these provenance, right? But, well, uh, no, but these people aren't actively seeking. You, when you go to Hampton Court Palace, you're not going for a ghost hunt. You're going to be for, for historical for, reasons. For historical reasons, and and when these people have all these like weird and wonderful things happen to them, you know it. It's it's interesting, I think. Yeah, uh, and it's obviously it is happening to them. I don't doubt that. Oh, of course. So we are moving on now uh, to a lady called Sybil Penn, and this is related to Jane. So she was the nurse to Prince Edward. And in things that I've read, they describe her as a foster mother to, to Edward. She'd have been his kind of closest... Well, she'd have been his nanny or something. Yeah, she'd essentially. Got, you know, essentially, that's To bring him is. up. Um, oh, and she also nursed Elizabeth I through smallpox in 1562. So she's, she was around for quite a, yeah. for quite a while. But she was obviously trusted. Trusted. But unfortunately, she, kind of, she died from smallpox herself. Um, shortly after nursing Elizabeth, yeah. oh, sadly, she so called it off Elizabeth. She probably she? did. Yeah. yeah, but Sybil is buried at Hampton Church, and according to palace officials, her spirit was disturbed in the eighteen hundreds when the old church was pulled down. Right, that that's an interesting thing, because many many times we hear these uh, ghost stories and paranormal stories when sacred ground or, or places, constructions, you know, yeah. houses are disturbed. Or altered or, you know... Altered or, yeah, of course. Um, and it's been said that since that date she is said to return to the rooms that she lived in in Hampton Court Palace and has become one of the most persistent ghosts, is how they've described her. Interestingly, legend has it that after Sybil's resting place was disturbed, people began hearing the sound of a spinning wheel from behind a wall in the southwest wing of the palace. 
Upon further investigation, an old chamber was discovered and inside lay an antique spinning wheel. That's interesting. But I'd like to know, in that room, was that her room or could that be any servant's room? Was it? Yeah. And why we don't why know was that. it? Why was that? Why one random room bricked up with just that? Mind you, it does. Again, you know, it's a legend. We don't know what else was in there. It might have been a, a whole room filled with wonders and delights. But. Well, I don't know. I, I think based on there was a spinning wheel which was discovered and the noise of, um, there could have been maids in there still to this day spinning working, and trying working, to make the clothes. Yeah, of course. Because we know that happens. We do know ghosts. We do know this stuff happens. Um, so she's referred to as the grey lady of Hampton Court Palace. Yeah, well, the problem that most, a lot of female ghosts are referred to as a grey lady. Yeah, there's, of course, that's there's her a, of Hampton a, Court Palace. Yeah, there's a lot of grey ladies. We could do a whole podcast series yeah. on grey lady of yeah. this place. And, and that I one. suppose they call them grey ladies because they're not quite sh sure who they are. Who they are. They, so they say the grey ladies. Um, but she is seen across the palace. She's seen throughout. Um, there's not a, a particular place. I'm sure there's places that she is a little bit more active than others um but now there is another image like i said if you head on over to um the instagram page which is the haunted podcast official you'll be able to see the images that we're talking about but i will give you a brief description so we have here two images we have a before and after shot so the before shot is a woman in a green jacket heading a visitor of, yeah towards a doorway and there's a fireplace to the right hand side of her pictures on the wall and there is, I, I don't know how to, it, it's just a cluster or like a, a, a no, very large. It's a, it's a very, very tall. Very it's... large figure. And I think you you can see a to, kind to of. To me, it looks like very, very long hair and a blue dress. But it's so large, I can't quite. It's just, it's. It looks like a bun on the top of the hair. And it almost very, looks like very... a vortex and she's spinning into shape. I don't know, I can't describe it. No, see, I don't it. see it like that. I, I just see it... the figure of a lady. But she's that so very tall. Much I mean, she looks must like be. She must be twelve foot tall. I mean, th that's really tall, which is the only thing that makes me. <clears throat> that's an amazing image. Because then the the kind of the smaller image that you've got in the right hand corner is the same lady walking so past. Really saying, turning around two turn seconds around. later, and she's not. There's so this is there. CCTV footage. No, it's not CCTV. This is. No, you're reading ahead. That right. is that is just someone snapping pictures okay um and this is kind of one image and then that is obviously the image taken seconds after and nothing there but my god i don't as well i'm not too sure how you'd fake that i don't know what you could do to make something do you know like what? That. i've looked at it a long time i'm still undecided i mean i, I, I just it's so huge um i i, I still don't really under, I don't understand it fully, but like I said, if you head on over to the Instagram page... I'm definitely page, not saying it wasn't there. I just haven't decided myself, kind of, in, in in what way to describe it. I just... I think it's an amazing image. Yeah, so I just, I, I just, I just... I can't give you a definitive... We could sit here for an I hour. Mean, I mean, I don't know the backstory on this image, but I know that if that had gone through these days, scientific, uh, rigorous tests, which most images do, you know, a lot... I know a lot of fakes, but if there's something that does hit the media, I know there's a million people try to discredit it as well as a million people would want to believe in it. I'm not sure what's happened to this image, but certainly I think if it was a fake, it would have been out by now. 
because I think it's very easy to tell fake photos of spirits now, and, and I and I think because that t technology, of course, exists. we've come a long way, haven't we? It's, yeah. Everything's very easily debunked. I don't know the real backstory of the picture, but yeah, it's and certainly I, and I can't tell you the backstory. It's um, this was taken from the Sun or the Daily Mail. Um, and it's just an image that has been taken. So I think I, I'm, I'm going to be undecided on this, Freddie, to be honest. I've got to be, because I can't... I don't know. I think the only thing that would lead me to kind of say that it's, it is real is there's very strict security in the palace. It'd be very hard to stage something and get away with it. There's people... But the only thing you could where, do it after yeah yeah come up well, you can't go in there after it's on you know no i mean if they took the pit it could be superimposed after no i don't that's not superimposed that, that, that's the only thing that's i would not say i mean it's it's a crazy picture so listen um listeners look for yourself and please give us give us your views give us your views we're interested in that so then we move on to the story that we both which is said the most know. famous one which totally i i feel is 100 percent genuine with, without a doubt at all so this was um again the image is on the instagram um, taken this is, from cctv um october 2003 so palace security staff were alerted to an open fire door after investigating and securing the doors the staff returned to inspect the cctv on the first occasion the doors flew open without any sign of who or what opened them but on the second occasion, she said three, but it was two. Oh, right, okay. But on the second occasion, the staff were shocked to find a figure in what looked like period dress appear to open and then close the doors. This pattern was repeated on the third day, minus the ghostly figure. Oh, right, okay. Right, so, so, yeah, I was right, but got it a bit, the details yeah. wrong. So, what makes the story even more curious is that on the second day, when the figure was captured on camera... A visitor reported seeing a ghost in that very area in the visitor's book. To this day, palace officials have no explanation for this ghostly intruder. Now, we've we've all seen the footage. We all know what it looks like. Yeah. I think... I think it's... For me, I think it's 100% genuine. Um, I just think it's a lucky... Um, caught in time, you know... Yeah, how many, how many more times has that happened before? Yeah. Now, I disagree with your stone tape on this because he's interacting with these surroundings. There wouldn't have been fire exit doors. Yeah, but it happened three times on the spin. Yeah, but there wouldn't have been fire exit doors in whatever period this is. So you're saying you think it's an active... Uh, an act, um, I think it's an... He's intelligent. 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 He, he's shutting the doors. Yeah, because he's interacting with his surroundings. Now, if they were original palace doors... Yeah, I mean, doors, I get that. Yeah, of course. That's... that's yeah, absolutely. I, yeah. Th I think then I would probably agree, but if I... If it was like the change in the guy that happened every time... Yeah, every time, yeah, then... Yeah, no. I, I... I can go with that easily. I can go with that, yeah. Now, I think when it first, if I remember right, I think when it first came out, everyone was going, oh my God, they've caught Henry VIII. I don't think that's Henry. No. No. That's... No, it's not Henry That's VIII. not Henry, but that is definitely... Um, and I don't know why Henry VIII, even the time, would be closing doors. Well, that wouldn't have been no, his job. No, it, 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 he'd never opened a door in his life. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> He yeah. didn't even wipe his own ass. Yeah, it certainly so. wouldn't have been Henry VIII. So they are your kind of whistle-stop tour of some of the most famous hauntings from Hampton Court Palace and the ones that are kind of most uh, uh, spoken about. I've watched a few documentaries leading up to this about the history of Hampton Court and the ghost stories, and they're the ones that are always covered. 
Um, Do you know what I'd really like to hear though? Um, is I know these are covered, but to be honest, when we research this, Freddie, let's be honest, there isn't that many. I would have expected for a place with that history and that age. No, you're right. There have been a lot more. I'd like to actually hear from anyone who has has any experiences there. You know, I'd like to look look into it a bit further because I just don't think there's enough tonight for us to get our teeth into. You know, off the back of what we know in the public, you know, we know because I think there's there's a lot of personal stories out there, and there's a lot of pe a lot of people have visited it, whether it's on a school trip or you know. If That's you're, what I'm saying. All those personal the, stories, things would have happened. Well, I've got a couple of personal stories for you that I have found online. Yeah. Um. Now these are taken as well from a newspaper article detailing kind of. The history and ghostly goings on of Hampton Court Palace. So they are very, very short, but I would be interested if anyone at home has their own stories to kind of yeah, I'd be interested. to let us know. So um, if you go to the Instagram page, our email address is on there. Email it to us. We'll read it. We'll you know maybe give you a shout out. So the first one comes from a member of the security team. His name's Luke, and he has said that. Um, at 3am he had to go and accompany an engineer to check a fire alarm in the fountain court. They both heard the sound of footsteps running away up a flight of stairs where no one should have been. Um, on another occasion he was in the cafe late at night and two plates began to shake um, on their own. Yeah. Not out of this world. I can well imagine it happened. Absolutely. I would think that would be normal in a place like Hampton Court Palace. Now, my activity. only thing is, is as a member of the security team, you're there late at night. I could imagine that they might have some, not better stories, but... Stories that maybe we don't know about yet. Yeah, but that is, you know, it's not, it's not too out of this world. You know, if we look at any haunted case, there's going to be footsteps and plates shaking, so... This one is the one I was really interested in. Yeah. So, there is a man, I don't know if he's still there, but it's, it's Chris Gidlow, and he organises palace events. Um, and he had contacted psychologist and paranormal expert Richard Wiseman to arrange a ghost hunting session for the visitors. Soon afterwards, a mysterious fax in wobbly writing appeared on Chris's machine, and it said, you're messing with forces you don't understand. Don't disturb the Red Room. Right. Now, no one other than Chris and Richard knew what they was planning. And the palace apartments that they was planning on doing it in is hung with red fabric. But nobody knew they would, they would be in the No, just them two. Now, I think that's really quite scary. Can you imagine arranging that and then your fact coming out? Well, you know what? I think from my own experiences living in the cage and my own experiences from a child i think everything is possible um and i don't you know i don't discount anything i just have to try and look at it um so you know especially this podcast a bit bit more skeptically but i would definitely say that yeah i mean i think it's possible absolutely that they can do stuff like that they can yeah and I'd they say, can manipulate yeah. Electronics. Electric yeah. technology, of course, yeah. Of course they can. Yeah, of course they have the power to well, do that. Well, that's why yeah, we, that's why we detect them with kind of EMF readers, readers yeah, and stuff. Yeah, and EVPs, there's... because they yeah. know how to use electrical. So, yeah, I'd, I'd say that's a, yeah, definitely, definitely a wow story, a bit of evidence. Now, I'm going to give you a little bonus fact. Yeah. Fact of the evening. So, 
the reason that ghosts often appear in a white sheet oh, is yeah, because on. they are wearing the death shroud in which many 16th or century 17th century people would have been buried in and a shroud would have been tied above and below the feet and your standard Tudor ghost would undo the bottom knot so they could walk around. This is fascinating because what it says is, you know, we perceive, well, a lot of people to perceive. That is your traditional sheep, ghostly image. With the sheep. Now, when you say that, because in those days, they would have, just, just, just say that again to me, Freddie. Um, that they had appeared in a white sheet because they're wearing the shroud. The shroud, that which they buried. would have been buried in. Yeah, of course. So that's... I think it's interesting. It's an I interesting thought, historic I... backstory. Let's say that. And it gives us an understanding of why that is our traditional ghostly yeah. image. Because if we take it, which we do, a lot of our ghost stories from hundreds of years ago, and they say, ooh, it was a white sheet, and that's when obviously it started being more popular and publicised. If that was, you know, if they were, and they came back like that, that would act, absolutely make perfect historical sense yeah. to, to their beliefs and, and how they believed they would come back. So that is your little interesting fact to end yeah, to end our first episode. Um, I hope you all enjoyed it. So that was a whistle-stop tour of Hampton Court Palace. I'm sure if I dug a little deeper, there'd be more. But they're uh, your main go-to yeah, stories they're, from they're, the palace. Enough. And what we hope to gain from this podcast is to find more stories and people contact us and the stories that we don't know, you know, the stories that aren't known. Um, we'd like the more in-depth stories and the stories that nobody thought to go to the media with mm -hmm. or, you know, or, or put out on, their in on the internet because there's many of those. And I will put our email address in the description of this episode. It's on our Instagram page as well. So if you do want to write in, it doesn't even have to be about Hampton Court Palace. If you've got a ghost story yeah, that you want to tell... You want to tell us, oh, well, we can, we or can if you feature want, it. We can, yeah, if you want guidance, if you want advice, talk to us, ask us. I think um, when we decided to do this podcast, we decided we want it interactive. We want it to be us and you. We want to hear your feedback and we want to investigate and explore and try what we can and, you know, reciprocate your, you know, your feedback. And I think we both, you know, it's our first one tonight. So, of course, it's our, um, you know, we're playing it by ear for a little bit. But yeah, you know, and um, we're learning this ourselves. So, you know, join us on the journey. Join us on the Please ride. Please join us on the journey because it, it will get better. It will get better, I promise. Um, once I've got it all down, because listen... I can't even plug in a scart lead. You're so very lucky that I managed <laughs> to plug in a microphone. Um <coughs> But yeah, so that that was that was our first ever ever episode. If you you know if you're listening to this, you're listening to a little slice of history. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. But podcast history. Podcast history. You never know. Um, so yeah, over and out from us. We hope you have a very good week and look after yourselves and stay safe. And Absolutely. we will see you very very soon with another famous haunted location. Yeah. I don't know what it's going to be yet, but we'll be back with one. And if you if you want to give suggestions, please do. We're, because yeah. this is about you and us. This isn't just about us, you know. This is about all of us. Thanks, guys. Bye for now. Bye for now.